give glory and honor to God for granting us this opportunity to share with you this is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Pastor Kigundu Ndiga is on standby with the Family Life segment today. He will talk about working on issues. Pastor Leki Mani will also be joining us during the Bible session to conclude on triumphant tribulation. Langata Church Choir will start us off with the song Nina Amini. Enjoy. Yeah. 
This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. It is now time for the family of segment to be blessed. Dear listener, welcome to our Abundant Life series based on John 10 verse 10 where Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And we believe that that fullness of life, that abundant life encompasses our marriage as well. Today, I want us to discuss on working on issues. And I want us to look at Psalm 127 verse 1, where the Bible says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. The homes we are building within our lives and our marriages are not all about us. They are actually more about God's kingdom work being done here on earth. Yes, God wants to lavish his love and gifts upon us, but he also looks beyond our individual comforts and weaves them into his kingdom work for the greater good of all. As you read John chapter 1 in the Bible, you will see that through him and in him and for him all things were created. God delights in us, but everything is not all about us. We are part of a body created to be in communion with each other and with God. Those of us who try to live in denial of that truth contribute to the problems in this world and in our marriages in particular. In our last marriage message, we talked about marriage not being all about our satisfaction, that God has a higher purpose on many different levels that we as human beings cannot even comprehend. But there is something that author Juliana Slattery wrote that we would like to expand upon a bit in this marriage. She said, If a marriage is ultimately about getting our own needs met, then marriage is over when intimacy fails. However, marriage can also be viewed as something beyond our needs. It's often the ultimate test of our values and character. Like no other relationship, marriage can highlight our fears and selfishness. It's essentially a ministry. The way we respond in marriage reflects our core beliefs and our very reason for living. Being a faithful and loving spouse ultimately relies upon our choices to be faithful to God, especially when our husband or wife is unlovable, continuing in the marriage is only possible when our life means more than finding pleasure, fulfillment, and happiness. She goes on to say, If being married isn't about getting needs for intimacy and companionship met, then what's the purpose? Although God's design is for a husband and wife to become one, the reality of marriage falls short. Marriage is a mystery that's meant to awaken and illuminate our hunger for Christ. End of quote. So what it comes down to is this. Your spouse is not to be your God. The same principle is true in reverse concerning wives. 
God did not create your spouse to be a substitute for himself, but instead to be his colleague in demonstrating his love to us. Suddenly, we put too many expectations upon our spouse to do the job alone. And frankly, because our spouse is human, he or she will often fail in doing their part. And so do we in different ways as well. It's just that we look at our failures with different eyes, excusing our failings. When this happens, it's all the more important to look to Christ to help us as we hunger for love and righteousness. Another way God mysteriously uses marriage to awaken and illuminate our hunger for Christ is the way in which our spouses seem to be able to bring our flaws out into the open. I never realized how selfish, petty, short-tempered, how lazy at times I could be along with being prideful and vengeful until I got married. My wife pushed just the right emotional buttons within me and out popped those ugly characteristics. Yes, the spouse gets blamed for doing the pushing, but in reality, there are character flaws that were buried deep until the perfect storm of marriage brought them out into the open. I now realize God knew that my character flaws needed to be brought to the open and allowed my spouse to reveal them. I also know that wherever they come out, I have two choices. One, I can blame my spouse for doing the pushing and hurting me. Or two, I can realize that God and I have more work to do together to root out that which I shouldn't be holding on to and so that I can participate in God's divine nature. And the same dear listener goes to you. That's why Second Peter 1 verse 5 to 11, Peter says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they'll keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he's near-sighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. But if you do these things, you will never fall, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. With this in mind, dear listener, we challenge you as we challenge ourselves to look at that which you can add to, and that which you are personally responsible for, which is causing problems in your marriage. Remember, you cannot control what your husband or wife does, but you can control your actions. Whatever problems you are contributing to in your relationship, make it your mission to work on those issues in partnership with God. Don't allow pride, feelings of inadequacy, or whatever you may have going on in your mind that is deceiving you into thinking that you cannot and shouldn't work on your own stuff. Resources and tools are available to help you as the wonderful counselor your Holy Spirit will reveal. And as a follower of Christ, keep persevering.
James 1 verse 4 says, Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So, dear listener, when you are facing trials in your relationships and in life, ask the Lord what you can learn through it all. Participate with Him in redeeming that which is problematic. Please don't add to the problem. Learn and apply all you can to persevere and grow despite the painful way it is presented. In light of these, we would like to pass a prayer that was sent to us on to you. We pray you enough, Son, to keep your attitude bright no matter how gray the day may appear. We pray you enough rain to appreciate the sun even more. We pray you enough happiness to keep your spirit alive and everlasting. We pray you enough pain so that even the smallest joys of life may appear bigger. We pray you enough gain to satisfy your wanting. We pray you enough loss to appreciate all that you possess. We pray you enough hallows to get you through the goodbyes you experience. We are asking God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding, and we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. That is Colossians 1 verse 9 to 10. Romans 15 verse 5 to 6, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Jesus Christ, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we leave you with a prayer recorded in Second Thessalonians 3 verse 5. May the Lord direct your heart into God's love and Christ's perseverance. appreciate those who have given us the thoughts concerning this program. We are here just for you. For those who have never communicated to us, you can start today by writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00 Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Here is a song,
to the Bible segment. Join me as I welcome Pastor Liki Mani. Hello, my friend. I return now with part two of our series, Triumphant Tribulation. In the last series, we found out that God's people are a tribulation people. 
there's going to be challenges in life because this is the world of sin that we live in. But in spite of that, we concluded by finding that we don't have to worry because God is still on his throne and God is still in control. We read the passage, do not harm, Revelation chapter 7 verse 3, which say, do not harm the sea or the land or the trees until we put a seal on the foreheads of our servants. This suggests that in addition to being a servant of God, the triumph in your life is possible as long as you have been sealed by God. You must be sealed. The seal of God is the sign of ownership. It indicates genuineness. It shows authenticity. It, it is also a provision of protection. When you have been sealed with the seal of God on your foreheads, it implies that you have a total commitment to God, His will in your life and to the principles of His government. In the ancient times, the seal of God's people was circumcision. But today and in the future, it is not just external. It is not just a form. It is not just verbal profession. Romans chapter 2 verse 28 and 29 says, A man is not a Jew if he is only one outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a man is a Jew if he is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart, by the spirit, not by the written code. So we must be sealed in our foreheads, in our consciousness with the seal of God. I do realize that you may be going through tribulation. You see, God's seal is not just for us. It is also for Satan and his demons. It says with this person, you can only go so far but no farther. When you are sealed by, the, by God, Poverty cannot penetrate that seal. Sadness cannot sour that seal. Clouds cannot darken that seal. Misery cannot mitigate and death cannot destroy because you have been sealed by God. Let me bring you one more point and then I will bid you goodbye. Revelation chapter 7 verse 14 says, I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. My friend, if we are going to move from tribulation to triumph, it will be because of the blood of the Lamb. I don't know how you feel about it, but when I get there, it will be because of the blood of the Lamb. When I get to heaven, it will not be because of what I have done. It will not be because of my education. It will be because of the blood of the Lamb. When you get there to read the title of your mansion in the sky, it will be because of the blood of the Lamb. You see, my friend, you've been purchased, you've been redeemed, and you've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. You know, it is strange. The Bible says that they washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. How does this work? As far as I have known, blood stains, blood leaves a mark, blood penetrates. But John says that they made their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. And that is how God works. Somehow that which stains is that which cleanses. That which soils is that which saves. That which discolors is that which redeems. I do not know how it works, but I know that there is a fountain that is filled with blood. And I know that when a sinner plunges beneath that flood, they will lose their guilty stain. I know this. 
What will wash away your sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So my friend today, I hope and I pray that you will receive the blood of Jesus upon your life. That as you seek meaning and purpose in your life, it will be that you will encounter Jesus. He will give you power. He will give you strength. He will give you courage. He will give you the power and the ability to conquer the flaws in your life. I want you to believe today that you will accept Jesus in your heart. And when you believe that, your life will be washed and you will start a new life with Jesus. You will walk with him. He will give you victory where you have not had victory before. He will wipe away your tears where your tears have not dried before. He will also give you meaning and purpose in your life. You see, when we get there, it will be because of that blood of Jesus. Some of us will get there through the flood. Some of us will get there through great trial. But all of us will get there through the blood of the Lamb. Jesus has opened up his arms because he is inviting you to come and walk with him. He is inviting you to come. He understands you are going through tribulation just now. He understands that you have challenges in your life at this moment. He understands that you are struggling and you are trying to find meaning in your life. Everything else you have tried is not working. But today he wants to invite you. He says, come, let me hold your hand. Come, let me walk with you. Come, let me share with you. Come, I will provide for you. Come, I will meet you at your crossroad. Come, I will give you meaning and purpose in your life. Come, I will I will bring your family together. Come, I will unite you with me. Come, my angels will be with you. Come, because my blood is freely flowing to wash you so that you become clean and you will be called a child of God. My friend, this is your opportunity. I invite you today to invite Jesus into your heart, to invite Jesus into your life so that you can walk with him and you can share with him. May God bless you, may God strengthen you, and may he keep you until the day he comes for you. May God be with you. It has been nice having your company. In case you have any views, comments, or questions about the program, kindly write to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276-00100, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Until next time, I've been a presenter, Samuel Mangi. Remember, stay safe, stay blessed.
Yeah. 